Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in God's house today. If you would grab your Bibles with me and turn to the book of Proverbs, I'll be reading from chapter 23, and uh, hope that everybody is listening to Christmas music and and uh, enjoying your this season, and um, I uh, was able to yesterday uh, have a great um, time with with family, making Christmas cookies and eating too many Christmas cookies, and um, uh, so anybody like Christmas cookies in the house? It's because you're normal, and. Uh, but uh, just a great, great time of year, and um, uh, I'm so thankful for, for family. I'm so thankful for the people uh, of God that are here. Uh, this is a family. Uh, it really is, and um, I'm just so thankful for all of you. Um, let, me, um, let me say before, before we start, today is a very special day uh, because... Today, Sawyer Bounds turns 18 years old. So happy birthday, Sawyer. We love you. So grateful for you and who you are. You're such a great young man of God. And uh, we honor you today. Happy birthday. And we're so glad Lakin's home. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 23 and, and verse 22, <clears throat> hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Verse 23, buy the truth, somebody say buy the truth, and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy in him, joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Verse 26, my son, give me thine heart. Let thine eyes observe my ways. Verse 26, let me read it again. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. I'm going to... Uh, continue off of what Pastor taught last week uh, about children's ministry, and I'm going to teach this week about youth ministry. And I certainly, in their absence, give Pastor and Sister Bounds great honor today. They are they are ministering overseas, and we are so grateful for who they are. And uh, we have the best pastor and pastor's wife in the world, don't we? Amen. Give them honor today. <clears throat> so I want to talk about youth ministry and the importance of youth ministry. I know, I know we have prayed, but would you just join me one more time in prayer? Lord, 
God, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for uh, this, this body of people. God, I pray today that your word would come alive to us. God, that we would see and understand, Lord. God, that we would, um, God, make decisions, Lord, in, in, in the lives of our children, the lives of others around us based upon the, 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 the infallibility and the proof of your word. Help us today, oh God. We need your anointing. We need your power and your spirit in this room today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Youth ministry. All throughout Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, young people have done amazing things. From the beginnings of the Old Testament and a young boy, a young man by the name of Daniel, he was a teenager that was taken into Babylonian captivity. The Babylonians, when they got a hold of him, placed him in a school for three years and tried to remove the education of the children of Israel or God's people out of him and put in him the education of the Babylonians. And, and you'll find that throughout that period of three years, Daniel, a young man, a young man, made a decision to not partake of the king's meat. And in reality, by rejecting the king's meat, he rejected the king's way. And when he made a decision to reject the way of the Babylonians, Daniel, Daniel stood for what he believed and knew to be right. And this young man, this young youth man, who made a decision to stand for his God, when he was thrown in a den of lions, his God responded. His God was proved to be the God of all gods, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. It was the decree of that king at that time after removing the stone from the, from the cave in which Daniel was placed with the lions. It was, it was at that time where the king made a decree that, that they would serve and worship Daniel's God and Daniel's God alone. This happened because of a young man. I'm talking today about the importance of youth ministry and the importance of of, of this time of life in, in this youth age. We also find during this same story in this same book of Daniel in your Bible, three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, young men that refused to bow to the golden image set up by King Nebuchadnezzar. And when three young men, when three young people, made a decision not to bow. When they were thrown into the fiery furnace, the king saw not just three young men, but he saw four because their God, a man, had fought for them. It was three young men, three youth, that turned the world at that time upside down. Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament 
was called by the Lord at the age of 17 to be a prophet to the children of Israel. For his entire ministry that we find in Scripture, not one convert, not one change in direction by the children of Israel, not one noticeable or tangible result of his ministry, but because one young man at the age of 17 called by the Lord stayed the course and remained faithful to the call of God, the children of Israel, God's people would eventually turn back to the Lord. And we have the book of Jeremiah today because of a young man that was open and available to the call of God on his life. Ruth, another young lady who in her 20s became widowed. Ruth made a choice as a young lady to follow and serve the God of Naomi. This single decision by a young lady, by a young lady, this single decision, amen, this single decision by Ruth preserved the bloodline from which Jesus Christ would be born. One decision from a young person. Esther saved her nation as a teenager, approached the king in spite of the possibility of death and successfully reversed a law set to wipe out all Jews. One young lady. David, David, young David. When the strongest of Israel would not fight and approach Goliath, David, a young man, amen, made a decision, amen, to fight Goliath because David, that young man, knew that he wasn't going with a sword and a spear, but he was going in the name of the Lord of hosts. A young man, David, a young man. I could talk about Joseph sold into slavery at the age of 17, remained committed to serving the Lord and eventually became the second most powerful man in the modern world at that time. And it was Joseph, the young man, that was credited with the saving of his family and the preserving of God's people. I could go on this morning and talk to you about more young people throughout Scripture. I could talk to you about Miriam. I could talk to you about Rahab. I could talk to you about Samuel and Jonathan. I could talk to you about Mary. I could talk to you about Josiah. I could talk to you about Timothy. And the stories would go on and on and on and on about young people who made a difference in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell somebody on this Sunday morning that just as young people made a difference all throughout Scripture, it is still the will of God that our young men and our young ladies make a tangible difference in their world in which they live, work, and play. We do not believe that young men, that the teenagers of today are called to just do chores, get work done, go to school, take naps, and get up and do it all over again. We do not believe, amen, on this Sunday morning that teenagers are, 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 are uncapable or incapable of doing great things, but rather we believe and we know that God, amen, chooses, amen, 
and the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And while young people may not have it all together, while young people may make dumb decisions every now and again, God uses young men and young ladies to make a great difference in the kingdom of God today. It is time for us to recruit, develop, and deploy a new generation of young people who can be and are warriors. We desire, amen, at this church to create a place in which, uh, in which it can once again be said of our youth as recorded in 1 John 2 and 14. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you, young men and young ladies, have overcome the evil one. God has not called us, amen, in this generation and in this hour in which we live to raise up lazy, to raise up sissy, to raise up to raise up unchecked uh, 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 out, to raise up uh, uh, young people that are, that are just sitting around waiting on somebody to look for them and look toward them. We're, we're not, you're not in a church this morning that a man sees these young people as a nuisance, that sees these young people as a problem, that sees these young people as troubled when they make a couple mistakes, but you're in a room, amen, full of people today that believe in young men and young ladies. Young people, hear me. You are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you can overcome the evil one. The standard of our students, amen, in this church is not for them to just merely exist, but rather it is for them to make a tangible difference in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you on this Sunday morning, you ought to be proud of these young people that are here today. You ought to be, amen, godly proud of the things these young people are doing. I've come to tell you, amen, I've seen them work. I've seen them pray. I've seen them live. And we've got some young people right now that are making a real difference in their world. Some of you have heard the preachings and teachings of our pastor about revival coming and revival on the way, and this is going to be the greatest six months this church has ever seen. I want you to know on this Sunday morning that I believe every word of it, and here's why. Because there's a group of young people, not tomorrow, not last month, but right now, that are teaching Bible studies, that are winning people to the Lord, they're having spiritual conversations in their workplaces. They're making a, they're showing the love of God. They're showing the fruit of the, it's not happening. It didn't happen last month or two months. It's happening right now. Run up here, Hannah. Hannah started working at Texas Roadhouse. That's a great place to work, I'm going to tell you right now. If I worked there, I'd be 400 pounds. That butter, that cinnamon butter, come on, what? It'll change your life. 
Hannah started working at Texas Roadhouse. But Hannah didn't go there just to earn a paycheck. Hannah went there to tell somebody about Jesus. Hannah, Hannah's, Hannah for a long time has let the Lord, uh, let the Lord change her and mold her into, in, into what, what, what he wants her to be. Hannah's, Hannah has prayed and sought God and believed God. But she went to Texas Roadhouse with an agenda. She's going to tell somebody about Jesus. And you want to know what Hannah's doing? Hannah's bringing people to church. Stand up, Laura. Turn around. Turn around and wave at everybody. Hannah talked to Laura at Texas Roadhouse. Laura is who trained Hannah at Texas Roadhouse. They got to talking about the Lord, and Laura is here because of a young lady that made a decision. I, I'm not just going to exist. I'm going to make a difference in the world around me. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. She doesn't come on, uh, she doesn't come on Sundays, but, but Madison comes on Wednesdays. She just came this past Wednesday. She brought her sister with her. Madison came to church with Hannah because Hannah started witnessing to her at Texas Roadhouse. We were, we were in a series about uh, uh, down, down in the youth center on Wednesday nights about how to teach a Bible study. We were talking about repentance and baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost and the importance of faith and enduring until the end. We were talking about how to teach a Bible study. And she, Hannah was bringing Madison, has brought Madison every week, and Madison was being taught a Bible study every week. <laughs> why, why you got to repent? Why you got to have faith? Why you got to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the... What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's young people, amen, that have caught a hold of the vision that I'm not just, I'm not just a pew warmer. I'm not just, I'm not a nuisance here. I'm a difference maker, and I can do something in the kingdom of God. Run up here, Peyton. Where's Colton? Run up here. Run up here. Where's Ethan Turner? Run up here. Run. These boys work at, or I don't know if they still, I'm sure that these boys work at Adernettos. Another great place. They work at Adernettos. They, they got a hold of, they got a hold of a young man named Nick. Peyton and Colton and Ethan, I, I don't know the whole dynamic, but, but they had been talking to, to Nick about the Lord and the things of God. And, uh, and, and they started having conversations about church and about what was happening and going on. About a month ago, Nick came to church. He's baptized in the name of Jesus. Lord touched him. Why is that? Young people are getting a hold of it. Young people are getting a hold of it. Come on, revival's not revival's not a month or two down the road. I'm trying to tell you of stuff that's happening right now. It's happening right now. What they didn't know, what they didn't know is, is Nick had come here a couple months before that on a random weekday just asking for prayer. On a random weekday, came to the church with a couple other young men, asked for prayer. The Lord touched him, and, and we, we didn't see him after that. 
But God put 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 Peyton, he put Ethan, he put Colton, amen, and Nick's life so that what God started on him, I believe on a Tuesday afternoon in a prayer in this room, that he was going to continue out, amen, through the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. I've come to tell somebody, we've got to... We can't wait on our young people to get it all together. We can't wait on the moment where they're perfect and beyond mistake. We've got a group, an army of young people that are making a difference right now. I think you ought to give these young people a hand. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I could, I could, pull, I could pull other young people up here right now. There are many others other than the ones that I just brought to this platform. There are young people right now teaching Bible studies, young people right now talking to people about God, young people right now praying and interceding for young people that are troubled and and lost, amen. I want you to know on this Sunday morning, our youth, amen, amen, we're not going to set them to the side, we're not going to shut them down, we're not going to pacify them, amen, but it is the will of God and the will of this church church also, that we fuel the fire that God has started in them, amen, that we continue, we, we shouldn't degrade them, we should empower them, come on, we should, we should pray for them, we should encourage them. When they mess up, you know what you ought to do? You ought to encourage them, you ought to get next to them and say, you're going to be all right. You ought to get next to him and say, you know what? I made some mistakes too. And if God, amen, used me and God kept me, then God can use you and he can keep you. Amen. We have a standard, amen. The Bible demands uh, of us to hold a standard for our young people. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Paul writes to the young Timothy. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, that means conduct, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Scripture holds a standard for young people to be an example to believers in their conduct, their conversation the way they love people, the way they believe, and in their purity. While this may seem to be a tall goal, while this may seem to be a tall task, I would ask you on this Sunday morning, would you rather have a church and be a part of a church that makes the standard for young people so low that just anybody can do it and anybody can achieve it and anybody can, we, we, they can live any certain way and, and we celebrate that. We don't celebrate that here. We're not a part, listen, we didn't get in this thing. We didn't get it, listen, this, this has never been about the easy path. This has always been about the right path. It's never been. He said, He said, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, thou shalt fear no evil, for, for thou art with me, thou rod and thy staff. He talks about, in, in, that, in, in Psalms 23, he talks about the paths of righteousness. 
It's a path of righteousness. It's not a path of easiness. It's a path of righteousness. And so, yes, there is a standard, amen, that we set and we believe young people can hit because we don't believe they're just a, a, a result of the culture around them. We believe that they can come out from among them and be separate. We believe they can be holy. We believe they can be used. We believe they can prophesy. We believe they, they can lay hands on the sick and they recover. We believe they can teach the word of God. We believe in them because the word believes in them. I will tell, let me pivot here for just a moment and, 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 and teach that there is a great, there is a massive importance on getting a young person connected to youth ministry. Why, Pastor Cody, is youth ministry valuable to my kid? Maybe your kid is two or maybe your kid's four or six or ten or Why, why is there a need for me to, to get my student connected, to get my teenager connected to youth ministry? I want to share with you a staggering statistic that has really shaped a lot of what we have done here for the past several years. In several years ago, there was a survey done of 10,000 young adults that had gone to church as a student and stayed after they turned 18. And in that survey of 10,000 young adults, they asked the question, why did you stay in church? They had a list of options of, for answers. They, the, the list was, you know, was it, was it the youth leader? Was it the was it the events? Was it the was it the teaching? Was it the was it the games? And they went down the list of these different options of what exactly was it that made you stay in church? And eighty percent, eight thousand out of ten thousand of those young adults responded and said, "The reason I stayed in church." is because I found a friend in church. I would love to be able to read that and say the reason they stayed in church is because the youth pastor's teaching was amazing. The reason they stayed in church is because they found a friend in church. So, Going back to the question, why is it important to get a young person connected to youth ministry? Here's why. Because they're going to find friends somewhere. Show me their friends, and I will show you their future. I've seen it play out over and over and over and over and over again. I don't care how faithful or unfaithful mom and dad are, or just mom or just dad. Show me where their friends are, and I'll show you where their future is. 
So if their friends are out of the church, quiet, going away from the Lord, going against the things of God, guess where they're probably going to end up? Same direction, same way as their friends. I've seen God change it and God can do things in a moment, but, but I'm going to tell you, friends are a powerful thing. So if a young person is connected to a youth ministry, a youth group that's active and we're together on Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays and Tuesdays and all days, and we do a lot together. But it's intentional. Why do we do a lot together? We do a lot together because we want their friends to be in the church. Because we want them to be in the church. Listen, I, I understand things can feel and get busy. But listen, don't, don't, don't forget. Don't forget. They're going to find friends somewhere. And either you're going to make effort for them to find friends in the house of God or you're going to make effort for them to find friends elsewhere. But I promise you, they will have friends. And if you can get them around friends that are going the same way they are, that believe, amen, that believe in God, that believe in the call of God, that believe that God has a purpose and a plan for their life. If you can get your teenager around young people that are going the same direction as they are, you got a great chance of them serving the Lord for the rest of their life. I've seen it. I've seen it in church. I've seen it in church where, where, where people would not put their kids in youth ministry. People would not put their teenagers in youth group because, well, there's gossip that goes on down there. Well, there's, there's, there's problems in the youth group. Duh. Well, you got, you got Sally that's talking about Susie and Susie that's talking about Sherry and Sherry doesn't even know why her, you know, why her name starts with an S2. And, and you just got all these, you know, you got Timmy and, 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 and Timmy and Sherry, and, and we wonder if, you know, we, we hope it's appropriate and God, you know, and, and there's, there's stuff going on in that youth group, so I'm going so to keep my kid over here. I'm going to keep my kid outside of the youth group. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place them right here, and it's just going to be me, them, and Jesus. That don't work. Just because there's problems doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they can't flourish and do well. Listen, I have yet to find an environment where all is perfect. I have yet to find a place, I have yet to find the perfect bubble where no disease, no gossip, no, 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 no trouble, no, no mess, no, no. I have yet to find the bubble where that life exists. You want to know why? That bubble don't exist here. That bubble exists up there. No more hurt, no more pain, no more trouble, no more sin, no more sorrow, no more. That exists over there. That doesn't exist here. You want to know why it doesn't exist here? Because you're here. And I'm here. 
And the Bible says that, that, that if there's no oxen in the stable, the stable's clean. It's clean. But much increase is given by the strength of the oxen. Listen, translation, Cody's translation. When you've got, when you've got people, you've got poo. You've got mess to clean up every now and again. You've got situations that come up every... You want to know why? Because people are people. And they're going to make mistakes. And they're going to mess up. But listen, the strength of what they bring is worth the mess. The strength of what they bring to the body of Christ is worth the problems every now and again. So listen, listen to me, young men and young ladies. Yes, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to fall. You're not going to take advantage of the mercy and grace of God. But when you fall, you better get up. And you better keep serving the Lord. You are are worth your mess. You are worth the bit of problems that you bring. We cannot exclude our kids out of an environment for them to find friends that are going toward the Lord. Don't exclude them from that. Let them let them let them get connected to a group of young people that, that want to live for the Lord that want to do right and be right, get, get them connected to the people of God, people of like-minded faith, people of like passions. I can't tell you how great it is to see, to see young people that I've been in this long enough now to see friendships that endure beyond just the years of, of youth, but now have went on into adulthood and and even beyond that, into, into marriage and different, I've been able to, to witness firsthand the, the blessings of, 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 of a friendship that is cultivated at a, at a young age and now plays out for the rest of the, there's so much value in, in getting them connected with other people that are of like-minded faith. We've got to get our young people connected to others that are going the same direction they are. Have you ever heard of the 414 window? There's a terminology that's out there. 414 window. Statistics say that is the age where people are most likely to make the decision to serve Jesus Christ. Between the age of 4 and 14 is the greatest 10 years of development and influence in a person's life. 63% statistics say, I don't know where all these statistics come from, but 63% of these people surveyed made a decision to serve the Lord between the ages of 4 and 14. Other studies have shown during uh, uh, other other older studies have a strong showing for decisions by the age of 18 years old. And then after 18, the, the chances of somebody converting or serving the Lord go down drastically. Obviously, we believe that that's possible. God can do anything with anybody at any age. But we have an opportunity in our children and in our youth to 
to for them to make a decision at, at, at a vital moment in their life. So so that's why there's there's such an effort in, in children's ministries we heard last week and, and in youth ministry. We we have a we have a great youth group. We have a pastor that 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 emphasizes very strongly on youth because we have a window of time to get this to get this doctrine, to get the teachings of the Word of God in them so that when they were old, when they are old, they will not depart from it. If you are, just because I, this is a, a big crowd and so I might be able to help one or two today, but if you are here or watching online and you are of the opinion that religious instruction for children is too early. I'd like to take a moment to address you. If you believe that that you've made your decision and I'm going to let my kids make their own decision on how they are going to believe, let, please let me address you for a moment. I would like to also, if, if you believe this, that that your kids should make their own decisions and, and, and go their own direction, I, I would like to propose to you that you do not also teach your children, don't teach them about personal hygiene, don't teach them about healthy eating, don't teach them safe practices about riding a bike with a helmet or touching a hot stove. Don't if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna teach them about the Bible and God and what they should believe, don't worry about teaching them to have empathy for others or how to forgive. Let them figure these things out on their own. Let them let them also figure those things out when they become adults. Don't teach your kid math. Don't teach your kid writing skills. Don't don't teach your kid or give instruction for physical, social, emotional, emotional, or mental areas of their life. Don't, don't teach your kid about any of that. If you believe that, that they should make their own decision about what they do in the world of religion, then also don't teach them those things. We all know and agree that childhood is the time of life when good habits and attitudes about life are formed. It's, neg it's neglectful. It is neglectful that as a parent or as a guardian, it is neglectful to not teach your child to be well in all areas of their life, including the spiritual area of their life. Well, I want my kid to make their own decision. Listen, just because, just because, uh, just because other people have said that and went about that direction, it, it doesn't doesn't make it right. If you if you want to know it, what it reveals, it reveals the the person that's teaching that or believes that it believe it reveals their character. It reveals where their heart is. It reveals their feelings toward God. Because if you don't believe this, if you if if you really would not teach your own child about eternity, heaven, if you really believed in heaven 
and hell and the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you would not neglect to teach them how to believe. It shows, it shows me that you don't really believe what you say you believe. If you think for one moment that, 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 that you, can just, you can just let them make their own decision later on in life, it lets me know you don't really believe what you say you believe. So if you believe that God is soon coming for his people, then you know what you ought to do? You ought to train up your kid. You ought to teach them the word of God. You ought, to, you ought to obey the teachings of Deuteronomy chapter 6. You ought to teach them when they, when they wake up and when they, walk to, when they walk to where they're going and when they lie down and when they rise up. You ought to teach them diligently. You ought to teach the scripture diligently to your children. Why? Because the Lord is soon coming, amen, for his people. And I, more than any, I love all of you, but more than anybody in this world, I want my my kids to be saved. I want my kids to be right. I want to stand beside them in judgment and hear their God say, well done, thou good and faithful. Come on, you don't have time to let them make the decision on their own. You've got to teach them. You've got to indoctrinate I know we're scared of that word in 2023, but you've got to indoctrinate your kids. You want to know why? You're not teaching them about Muhammad. You're not teaching them about Allah. You're not teaching them about something dumb. You're teaching them about the truth. And if we've got the truth, then you ought to tell them the truth. You ought to tell them the truth. If we've got the truth, then you ought to tell them about it. We've got the truth. You ought to let them know. You ought to tell them about the truth. Stand with me all over the room if you would. To neglect the teaching of your children is to neglect their eternity. And to neglect their eternity brings the state of your life into perspective. We have an opportunity to teach our kids I'll end on this point. Acts chapter 25. In verse 9. There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. He was a young man. Fallen into a deep sleep. As Paul was long preaching, he sunk down to sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Paul. I think we could all agree. One of the most powerful men that ever walked this earth. Paul was teaching. Paul was teaching. And Eutychus found himself on the outside, found himself on the edge of the window looking out, fell into a deep sleep, fell from the building, died. Thankfully, we, we know the rest of the story that he lives. But, but the story is revealing because here's the reality. Eutychus didn't get to the edge by himself. Eutychus didn't get to the outskirts of the church all by himself. My question is, for Eutychus, is where's your parents? Where's mom? Where's dad? 
My question for Eutychus is where, where are the leaders of the church pulling you close? My question is for the for the people of for the people that gathered together in Acts chapter 20. I, 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 I'm thankful that Paul is there. It's a rare and special occasion, but but where are the people that that would pull those that are looking out, pull them from the outside of the church looking out to the inside of the church? Involved, bought in, full of passion, full of belief that God can do something through them and in them. Eutychus didn't get to the window by himself. Eutychus had help. Eutychus had help. He had influence that got him to the window. And if we're going to get our young people out of the edge of the church, out of the on, uh, out from the fringes of the church looking that way, it's going to be because there's a mom. It's going to be because there's a dad. It's going to be because there's leaders. It's going to be because there's people of God that are saying, Eutychus, I know that you're looking out that way and you're wondering what could be and what is and, and, and what might be out there, but Eutychus, if you'd just come on in here, Paul's not only talking to me, he's talking to you. Paul's not only preaching to me, he's preaching to you. Eutychus, he's not just talking about me. Eutychus, he's talking to you. There's something for you to do too. There's something for you to do, Eutychus. There's a call of God on your life. plan of God on you, Eutychus. And I tell every young man and every young lady in this room, on the edge, on the outside, looking outward, you are in a church this morning that believes in you, that cares about you. I know you may be looking out there but let me be one of many voices that says you're not going to find what you're looking for out there. You're only going to find what you're looking for in the church, in the middle of it all, working for the kingdom of God, serving, amen, the Lord. Come on, don't look out there for fulfillment. God created you, and he knows how to bring fulfillment to your life. Get connected to the youth. Lift your hands all over the room, Lord. We thank you for this day. God, I thank you for I thank you for this group of young people, Lord. God, I pray, God, I pray today that we would understand the importance, Lord, of these years of their life. God, that they would not find friends, God, elsewhere. Lord, but they would find friends right smack dab in the middle of the church. God, that they would get connected with people that are that are like-minded get connected with people that are serving you and loving you and living for you, God. I pray today, oh Lord, God, for every parent, Lord, you see the intention of their heart, God. They're trying to do what's best for their kid. God, they're trying to do what's best, oh Lord, for their child. And I pray today, God, that you would give them wisdom in your word. God, that you would give them wisdom to rear up, God, a child that wants to serve you and live for you. And and. And in reality, a child, amen, that calls heaven their home one day. Lord, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you at 11 o'clock.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.